0: I'm Holly from Salonology, and when I had my spa, I used timely appointment booking software. I loved their innovative features, which helped me to deliver an exceptional client experience, build a booming and busy business, and give me the freedom to run my salon how I wanted. Their UK-based support team were always there to help with my needs, but what wasn't there was long-term contracts or hidden fees. As one of our listeners, you can exclusively enjoy 50% off Timely for your first three months when you go to www.gettimely.com and use the promo code Salonology. I'm Holly Power, and I recommend Timely appointment booking software. Welcome to the Salinology Show. I'm Holly. I'm Ryan. And we're very excited to have you back here again in our whole new format of the Salinology Show podcast, where we are going to be answering your questions live, unplugged and unscripted. On our podcast. Oh yeah, this is episode number twenty-one.
1: Thank you for joining us. Hope you enjoyed episode twenty, which, as Holly mentioned, was the very first in our new format, which is going to be yeah, very much unscripted, unplugged, unedited, un everything, uh, <laughs> unfunny uh, <laughs> podcast. Whereby what we're doing is we're just taking your questions or discussion points, and we're just going to we're opening them in on out of envelopes blind. And just going to read out and then see what happens. So it's a totally new... I mean, I don't know about you, but I've not seen anyone else do this before. I, I kind of feel not. it's groundbreaking.
0: Either that was because it's a rubbish idea or
1: rubbish. and no it's one else has ever do it, it.
0: Which is it? Vote now. A, groundbreaking,
1: <laughs> B, rubbish. I don't know which. Hopefully the former.
0: Yes. So the reason we wanted to do this is because, of course, we've kind of determined the content for the previous 20 yes. podcast episodes. And we felt maybe it was time for you guys to take what we talked about. So we're going to give this a try for... Yep. Maybe 10 uh, le- episodes? Uh, yeah, or so? at least, at least yeah, a few. And we're going to see how we go. And if it doesn't prove to be the most wonderful thing ever, then we will just switch back <laughs> to the previous way or we'll try something new again. Yeah. So let's get started. Now, let's I've got do a it. selection of sealed envelopes okay. in front of me here. We yes. do not know what's in any no. of them. We have two questions here to ask for both of us one for Ryan and one we're not really sure. Ooh, so ooh. let's just Mystery run question. through and see what happens. Now, the very first question I've got here is from Tatiana. And, oh, well, okay.
1: Bringing an international flavour to international the podcast flavor. this week, yes. Tatiana. Now, Hi. She
0: says, mm-hmm. how much did the most expensive Prosecco you've ever drunk cost? <laughs> Can you tell how many litres you've already drunk since you've been together?
1: Oh my gosh. Uh, and I hope
0: you enjoyed the one from Essex. And she said that because her and lovely Kat, another member of our Gold Club community, bought us a wonderful bottle of Prosecco. Mm. It's chilling um, in our fridge. At which home we haven't right now. actually drunk no, yet. No, we haven't, because we're, um, we're we're saving it. Yeah. Because it's exactly. a nice one. Yeah. Well, that is a wonderful question. The most expensive bottle of Prosecco, uh, I think I can probably answer this one. Oh, got on then. Yeah. I think it was in Las Vegas, in Alto Bar, which is in Oh yeah. Caesar's Palace. Yes, it
1: is. We went there before we went for dinner.
0: And it was about
1: $80. Yeah, it was actually I yes, because my mum had given us like a hundred dollars to go and have a drink, have a drink on them yeah. for a birthday gift. I think it was. It was, yeah. And including the tip, I'm pretty sure the hundred dollars didn't cover the cost. And I also remember this <laughs> because this was so annoying. Because we're in this bar, right? Let's set the scene. Posh. It's a nice posh bar. We go out for posh dinner, weren't we that yeah. night? We go. And I can't remember where we were going, but it was somewhere nice. Nobu. Boo. Nobu. Boo. So we were dressed up, weren't we? we were, jacket. Going to see I even show. put on a pair of shoes, yeah. and I never wear shoes, and I'd put on shoes. He's i think, normally Bev. <laughs> well, I'm normally got. I've normally got the three stripes on, yeah, but yeah, not that yeah. day. So therefore, yeah, we, we. I think I had a jacket on. I might even have had a suit on, you know, or at least a jacket. Anyway, mm-hmm. we were looking. Super, you were looking smoking. You were all dressed up to the nines as well, and we went up to this bar, and it's like a semicircle bar, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. A semicircle shaped with. Tables sat sort of around it. Wasn't around very big, it. was it? Not very big at all. No. Really not very big. At all. Almost, almost a bit like a sort of lobby style like bar, a which, bar, which they have in mm. in 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 all the hotels in in Vegas. And um, went up to the counter, of which the barman took my order, of which I ordered it, and then I stood there waiting for him to give it to me. At which point he said, "Oh, you've got to sit." Basically, he wouldn't give it to me. No. You've got we'll to go bring and sit it down. We'll bring it to you. Yeah. At which point I turned around and walked one metre, I think, to
0: our table. We sat down and then got charged like $30 cover Big. charge. Well, what then happened was a very attractive lady in very mm. little clothing turned up with this bottle. Yeah, completely which unnecessary. Which she carried for that one metre distance Yeah. and then put on waitress tip of... 30% on something, or something like that. straight onto the so I did about $25 something straight crazy. to carry it a metre to
1: carry it one metre which I could have done as good a job of and certainly a quicker job of because she wasn't even there to begin with it just no. sat on the bar and it haunting us yes. so yeah that probably was the most expensive bottle great question I would rather not think about how many bottles we have had ever because that's probably a, a horrific
0: we do enjoy Prosecco mm. we do enjoy a glass of Prosecco or too, I have to say Look, I think it's important it's important
1: to enjoy your life you know, it, you oh, know yeah. with a
0: certain degree of you know we don't drink it for breakfast or anything we don't have it every day no, definitely uh, not. But we do enjoy it together, mainly at the weekends. Yeah. We enjoy a couple of glasses of prosecco, don't we? So, can I just add another funny drink story, though? Of course you can. That was uh, a trip when we went to Dominican Republic a few years ago, mm. and uh, we went to right. It was my birthday when we were out there, and Ryan had planned out an evening out from our resort into another beautiful resort. We went to the Hard Rock Hotel. Out in Punta Cana because uh they had a big <laughs> casino and um he'd booked a fabulous restaurant there. And he's often talked about this restaurant experience, which is a whole a whole story, but it's great about reviews. Ramon, Ramon, Ramon. And uh he uh anyway, we Ryan said, What would you like to drink? And I said, Oh, quite fancy some wine. So he said, oh, okay, should we get some what you fancy, red, white rose? I said, I quite fancy, some nice chilled rose, you know, rose all day. So um, we asked the guy and, and he said, oh, I recommend this one So it's beautiful, beautiful. I think he only had one rosé on the menu, I think. No, there were two. Were there? There were two. And he said, this one's very, very nice, very expensive, very exclusive wine. Very
1: exclusive.
0: Um, And it was about $100 a bottle, I think. And mm. you sort of pushed the boat out and you said, yes, okay, we'll go for it. And out came this bottle, and it was a bottle of Barefoot that you can get for four pounds ninety nine in five, Tesco. Five
1: pound in Tesco, yeah. exactly the same one. Exactly
0: the same one. But we drank it anyway. In fact, we had two bottles. I think
1: crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah. So right, we're going to jump on to the next question. Okay, gonna, great question, gonna, Tatiana. Thank yes. you for that. Uh, so this one Who's is for next? you, Ryan. Oh yeah. Who's this And this from? is from Abby. Abby Scrimshaw. Oh yeah. So uh, let's see what she says. Okay. Oh. Oh. Interesting question. Okay. What are your three favourite holiday destinations?
1: Three favourite holiday destinations. Well, we've just mentioned one of them. Las Vegas is, yeah. num- is number one for me. I mm-hmm. just love Las Vegas. I love yeah. everything about it. I know it's not for everybody, but, you know, it is just a giant adult playground and given that i am a giant baby slash child uh then it is the place for me so las vegas is definitely place number one where would be place number two uh favorite second favorite holiday destination um i mean i probably have to uh Probably put a nod toward Tenerife in there somewhere, I guess, mm-hmm. partly just yeah. because it's uh, got a very special connection for us. And obviously we got married there mm-hmm. and have been there many, many, many times. So I guess that would probably have to go down as one. And my third favorite, I've only been there once, but I would probably, I would love to go. Oh, actually, no, I won't say it. Yeah, no, ooh, what should I do? Oh, okay. I'm going to say California as a state generally, mm. but I was nearly said San Diego, but given that's in California, I'll just say California because I loved it when I went there and all the times that we've been there. And I would love to go and explore some more of it. And again, I, I like Californians and also they like vegans. So it's good for us. We can actually go there very and eat food, friendly. which is yeah. which is not always possible when we go on holiday. No. So they would probably be my top three. Not necessarily in that order, by the way. Although Vegas probably would be number one. So very much looking forward to being able to go back there soon.
0: Definitely, definitely. And this is what it's all about, isn't it? It's about travel and enjoying your life and going and having fun in the places that fulfil you. Uh so great question there, Abby. Right, now there's Thanks, another Abby. one um for us both here. Can I read one, please? Yes, I feel you can. like it's
1: like you're opening all the Christmas cards, even oh, though sorry. some of them well, are just one of then? Us.
0: And then you can, and I'm not All sure right, if this one is for both of us All or right, well, each, I'm... so we're going to pass it on to you
1: two. Okay. So this is for both of us. Uh, this is from Anita Bascom, who's also down here on the sunny South coast she in uh, Southampton. Southampton. Good morning, afternoon, evening, Anita, depending on when you're listening to this. Okay, here we go. ha. <laughs> Good question, this one. Okay. She says, as you work together and live together, how do you get a work life balance?
0: That's a very good question. Very good question. And I'm pleased we've had a bit of a work question into the mix as well, too. It's a challenge at times. Would you agree? I would
1: say you do a better job of balancing it than I do.
0: I definitely do. You know, for most of you listening if you know anything about Ryan and I you know how different we are and that Ryan is very very focused very very logical I'm a struggle to delegate whereas I'm the opposite I'm I'm more emotionally focused more heart-centered I flit around I'm not very focused I am on big goals but I day to day I I get very easily distracted and you know I, I have no issue delegating tasks to other people as well. So we do we do sit differently. And yes, sometimes there is a challenge for us when it comes to having the work-life balance, but I think we kind of pull each other into their middle middle pot somewhere. Whereas Ryan, you know, might really, really struggle to delegate. It takes me to push him. And whilst I might really struggle to get my head down, sometimes it takes him to push me. So that kind of balances us out to a degree. You're ready to say Yeah, well, had. I don't
1: think it's about delegation of tasks because there's a lot of tasks in our business that only I can do. That's true. So it's not about just saying, oh, just delegate them because... Well, I have to do some of them and it's all good when I well, you delegate them, but some of that you just end up delegating to me, which doesn't help me either. <laughs> <laughs> but also I think what I think is more important is I think it comes back to uh, a word that you've mentioned a lot of the last recent few months and that's boundaries. Mm. And it has come down to that. And it's like, you had to say to me, right, you are not allowed to work weekends anymore. Mm. And I might get away with like an hour in the morning before you get up. But outside of that, then you know, I've committed that I'm not gonna, that I'm not gonna work then. And, but for me, it's different because this is, and this goes back to the question that someone asked in the last time out on the podcast is that I enjoy what I do. So mm. I'm not trying to not do any work all day. That isn't my goal. My yeah. goal isn't try and give away all of the jobs so that I'm left doing nothing because then I just go bonkers. So I want to be doing. I like to be active. I like to be working. I think the key for me is more doing the things which I'm the only one who can do them and the things that I'm best at doing Yes, rather than just filling your day with just any old jobs. But in terms of the balance that we, I, I think that there is, it is a juggling act. And I think anyone who has ever worked with a partner or a family member probably can appreciate that it is difficult to have that balance sometimes. And it's taken us a lot of years to get to the point where there is that balance now. I think is yeah. safe to say. I think that we we struggled through a lot of the times.
0: I think as well for a lot of a lot of people say to me, "Oh my god, I, I, you know, I don't know how you do." it. I couldn't work with my husband, stroke partner, stroke wife, whatever. And it's a very very common uh, statement that I hear from people. And there are times when, of course, it's challenging because Ryan and I are totally immersed in each other's worlds and in, in our home life. And in our work life and and a lot of our social life is together as well. We do a lot together and we don't do that much separately. We're quite happy for the other one to do separate stuff and we do occasionally, but we do a lot together as well. But the benefit of it, and this is what I sometimes think people miss when they don't work with their partner, is we've got the same goals. Mm. And sometimes, you know, when Ryan's working really, really hard and he's literally his head to the grindstone, he's working all the hours, he's up at five, he's working till nine, because there's certain tasks in the business that only he can do and I can't do. I understand why he's doing it and he's doing it for us. And I get that. So I I can understand that a little bit more. We can also understand the challenges that we might have to deal with. We, We can focus on the same goal. You know, we can say, right, this is what we want to achieve at this point, And we both push forward together. So there is those benefits. And actually it took our friend, Sean. Oh yeah. To make me realize this. So we have a friend called Sean. He's a really lovely guy. Big shout out to Sean, if you're listening. All right, Sean. And Sean was with us on one of our trips to America. In fact, you'd previously been on a trip to America with Sean to go to a certain conference. And the following year I got an invite to come along too. Cause you know, I got on with the inner crowd and, um, And the boys allowed me to go as well. And we spent quite a lot of time with Sean on this trip out in Nashville. And we'd gone out on our final evening. And I remember just sitting at the bar having a beer with Sean. And he said, it must be really nice working with your partner because they know exactly what you want from the business and and you're in it together. And it was so true. And that's the whole thing. That's why it does work because we ultimately are pushing through for the same thing. So I think, well, sometimes it, we challenge each other and it is challenging and it is difficult. And we have to remember to be husband and wife as well as business partners. We are pushing forward to the same thing.
1: Yeah. And I think, as I said before, I think it's setting boundaries is important as well. Like Definitely. I say, you've always, you've always like, well, you don't want me to work at weekends unless there's a good excuse for it. Cause there's something that's happening and it's unavoidable. Likewise, I always make sure that People can't get hold of me on my phone after seven seven o'clock, my phone goes on airplane mode and Mm -hmm. you won't get me on social media in the evenings because I want to protect that. And I think you have to put things in place because it's so all consuming if you don't put those restrictions in place. But then again, being a husband and wife, that actually helps because you can kind of be there to encourage or remind the other one what they have said they will or won't do.
0: Exactly. Accountability.
1: Accountability, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good question, Anita.
0: Yes, thanks, Anita. Right, final question, I think.
1: Final question uh, from Skippy. So this is from Sam. Morning, Sam, and also big shout out to Sam actually because I'm currently yeah. sporting a t-shirt which she uh, very, very kindly gifted to me. Mm-hmm. Why don't you read out Holly what it says in front it of it? It says
0: "Spread hummus, not hate."
1: Spread hummus, not hate. Absolutely. Okay, I wonder if it's going to be a hummus-related question. It could be. Who knows? Uh, ooh, could be. I'm, we're not sure who this is for, so let's just go. Oh. It's a good question as mm. well. Okay. What new directions do you see our industry heading in? That's a very good question. Very good question. She has put underneath, obviously, up, kiss, kiss. <laughs> but I think more specifically, what directions do you see the industry heading in? So what new, so you can start with this one, Holly Powered the Wife. What new directions, what new trends, you know, where do you, what do you see the future of our industry looking like,
0: I think is really what she's asking. Yeah, well, I see it as a very, very bright future. Personally, mm-hmm. um, I think there's a boom coming, which we've talked about before. Obviously, all the stuff that's happened, I don't even like using the words, but the stuff that's happened in the last 15 months, I think it has highlighted a lot of things about our industry. It's highlighted our strength as an industry, our voice as an industry, our value as an industry, how powerful we are, how much we help uh, with the mental health of our nation. And I think it's really shone a light that we're not just people who paint nails and color hair, we're people who actually change how people think and feel about themselves. And that's a really, really powerful thing. And I think after that was taken away from so many people, they realized the impact that their stylist, hairdresser, therapist has on their lives and their value has gone up in the world. That's the first thing that I think. And I think that's just going to grow and grow and grow but there's also going to be changes in trends of course there are because chain you know trends change there's definitely definitely much more of an, a push now towards the more aesthetic based industry mm-hmm. I'm noticing most most salon owners that we know are stepping up what they're offering in the way of anti aging in the way of more aesthetic led treatments technology based treatments and we are using technology with the mix of technology in human hands in order to deliver these Uh, more involved results and more intense results for people. And I think that's going to continue as well. And I think that there is now a push as well on nourishment and repair for people when it comes to hair and body as well. Uh, Again, when people have been starved of touch and they've been starved of the right products and that knowledge base, That's definitely made a change as well, I think. And we're going to see a big shift in in people investing in self-care. So I definitely think the industry is going to grow and grow and grow. But one thing as well, I think, that's going to happen is where we've seen, you know, a scary amount of technology taking over jobs and, you know, people working from home and, you know, people losing their jobs and stuff over this last period of time. I think what we've seen generally in, in our industry is it's highlighted that actually, we're always going to need therapists. We're always going to need hairdressers because no technology is going to replace the knowledge and the hands that we have and the abilities that we have in our industry. So as far as I'm concerned, the industry is going to keep growing and keep growing and it's going to keep developing and there's going to be more amazing things coming and it's going to just get bigger and better. And I also think there's going to be more of a focus on smaller brands supplying the salons as well. People have seen who stuck by them through Hmm. the pandemic. They saw who supported them. And it's the smaller brands that really, really stood up, those mid-sized suppliers. And they are the ones that I think are going to benefit moving forward. And I think it's going to be more about relationships between the suppliers and the salons and helping them grow together and building their businesses together as opposed to the great big companies. Hmm. That's what I
1: see. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I think think it's interesting what you say. I definitely agree with the technology boom and the continuation of that. It's very exciting to see what people are going to come up with next in terms Mm. of new technologies. But also, I think that the clients are just so much more comfortable with it, because it's now a new generation of client for many people. They are just so much more accustomed to technology in all areas of their life. And therefore, it's much, much easier to sell them and get them excited about new transformational treatments, Mm. which by the way, are much easier to sell anyway, because you're getting a much, much better result for your client. So I think there'll be a load of that. I do believe, as you mentioned, that you still require the human element. I mean, I'm not going to sign up for a robot-led haircut anytime soon. I don't know about you. Uh, I think that's probably quite a long way off in the future. Uh, So definitely won't be doing that. Um, I also think that there will be a boom for the more holistic style treatments as Mm -hmm. well. Because as you say, I think one of the things that everyone has learned over the last 15 months or however many it's been now has been about the impact that salons and the touch element if you like has on people's mental health and well-being. Mm-hmm. So I think that will continue to be an area that will grow. And also another area which I also think will grow and I'm really pleased to hear see it will be the green industry within it as well. Mm. Oh yeah. So I mean it's not going to be long I believe before the world says I am just not cool with animal testing anymore. Mm. I think that day will come and I think that day is looming. And as soon as it does, as soon as the people speak, then, and I I personally believe that salon owners, you know, if they believe that also, then they should be leading that charge. Yeah. Because ultimately if salons don't offer it, then (laughs) clients can't have it.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: So I do think that that is also going to be a thing and I'm really pleased to see that. And of course, in fact, one of the things that we have seen, At Olympia Beauty this year, where I'm delighted to say that we're hosting. Mm. Let's just get a quick plug in there. We are hosting the Salon and Spa Owners Club. This year, for the first year ever, there is a green section. So there's a whole area dedicated to green in inverted commas. And by the way, and green, I don't just mean not, you know, against animal testing or vegan products, although that is part of it, but also sustainability, yeah. you know, eco-friendly uh, companies, all this sort of thing. At the moment, it's a niche market, but the day will come when that just is the norm, I hope anyway.
0: Definitely. And actually, uh, the British Beauty Council released a massive report called Courage for Change report, which was really, really interesting. And you can download it off the website. Um, and uh, we, we actually had one of the founders of the BBC, uh, Millie Kendall, on our podcast earlier this year. Um, and she also featured on one of my Timely Lives Avid, that I did as Avid well. a listener to the podcast, Yeah, I'm sure she is. Hi, Millie. Hi, Millie. Um, but they <laughs> they created a very, very interesting report, which they released, which is free to download. And it gives you the facts and figures about what the industry's impact is on plastic and pollution, and how we can make those changes. And mm. that's becoming more and more apparent across salons. And the big brands have to get involved in this because the mid-sized brands already are. Mm. They're behind now, the big, the big boys. We all know how I feel about some of the big boys. But these mid-sized companies now, they are bringing out the more sustainable products. The vegan products that are going to get results for your clients.
1: Yeah. Well here's the problem, isn't it, with the with those those big boys of which you speak. The problem is as soon as you have get to a certain size and you have a panel of shareholders that you have to report to, then everything changes. Yeah. Right. Because you've got a you've got to appease them before you
0: appease the clients.
1: Exactly. And for a lot of those, it's financial-based decisions rather than what's necessarily best. For the client or the environment or for the poor little bunny wabbits. Exactly. Save the bunnies. They can all come and live on my farm. They can all come and live on Maverick Mountain.
0: Yes. Right. I think that's probably a a wrap. wrap. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for coming and listening. Uh, We hope you're enjoying the new format. We're not sure how this is rolling out. I am pleased there's a couple of more business orientated questions in. So please check your questions out as whether they are business or personal. Because we only just want to make this about us having a chat. We do actually want some valuable content in the I think for you moving forward, well.
1: we'll get Anna to mark whether or not they yes. are business or we'll personal. So we've got, them got a up, mix. So there's a mix. So yeah. it's,
0: we still want it to be valuable to you. We want you to carry away something from these sessions that inspires or teaches or shares something of value. But please, please leave us a review, as long as it's a five star one, on the platform. Of your selection, I'm sure only Apple will allow reviews. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I think you can do reviews el- elsewhere. No, you can really. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: so Spotify, please. you can't, for example. I thought and you that's could. the second most popular one. But if you're listening, but most people do listen on iTunes, yes. so go ahead and leave us a five star iTunes review, please. Yes, bash that like button, only takes two minutes. Not even that, really. No, give uh, us a little really, five star and a little really couple of words, it. encouragement. We really and, we do a little happy dance and please send us some questions. Yeah. So this, you know, this 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 whole show is about you and what you want to hear. This is your chance to get any questions that you might want answered. And you can ask them anonymously if you want. You can just put that on your email and Anna won't say who it is. Um, so please send those over to us. It's Anna, A-N-N-A, at Salonology.uk. We will not be able to see them in advance and they come to us in sealed envelopes. So uh, it's genuinely unscripted and unplanned, uh, but hopefully you've enjoyed it and we hope that we get to see you on the next one. I've enjoyed it. Me too.
0: <laughs> See you on the next one. Bye. Bye.